the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Happy early 4th of July weekend, even though it's still June today. I guess it's 4th of July weekend. Hopefully you're getting a four-day weekend. I know a lot of people are doing that. Maybe five if you're skipping out today. That's pretty good. Fourth of July is on Tuesday, of course. And uh, it's great to be with you. We want to hear about your plans and other things. It is Open Line Friday. 888-528-2557 is the phone number. 888-528-2557 to join the conversation. Open line Friday, we'll talk about whatever it is you would like to talk about. We'll change the subject. Bible question, a question about something in the news. Lots of Supreme Court cases in the last couple of days. We'll touch on the uh, new ones today, also on the program. And uh, if you got a Bible question or something else on your mind, we'd love to hear from you. 888-528-2557. You can call now. Okay, one of the uh, big Supreme Court cases. Today was the the last of the cases, and probably two of the most anticipated were today. One of them is called uh, 303 Creative. 303 Creative uh, is uh, the the website designer, Christian website designer, and this case was about uh, whether or not she has to create a website that endorses a same-sex marriage whether or not she has to um, actually create that website. It's a free speech or freedom of expression case. The idea is this. Do you have to um, do something in your creative energies? In this case, it's like the cake baking case a while ago, right? Do you have to make a cake for a gay wedding was the idea, something that you religiously or philosophically disagree with. This one is a website. Do you have to make a website for gay marriage, something that would go against your religion? And uh, in this case, the court ruled with uh, the plaintiff, Lori Wilson is her name. Here is her uh, response today. From day one, all I've wanted is to speak consistent with my beliefs, and I want that for everyone. I want that for the LGBT website designer, the Democrat speechwriter, the Jewish calligrapher, the pro-life photographer. Everyone should be free to speak consistent with who they are and what they believe. And I'm grateful for the court for affirming that the government can't force anyone to say something they don't believe. Today is truly a victory for each and every one of us. So that is the way she's looking at it. So basically the court handed a victory for uh, business owners who oppose same-sex marriage for religious reasons. And the decision was six to three. Uh, Six justice majority agreed that Colorado cannot enforce a state anti-discrimination law against a Christian website designer who does not want to create wedding websites for same-sex couples because doing so would violate her First Amendment right to free speech. Uh, Neil Gorsuch, Justice Neil Gorsuch, wrote for the majority. And, um, it's you know, there's some interesting things about this case. I'm wondering, you know, where do you – what do you think a person who is in business ought to have to do – when it comes to speech or when it comes to creativity. 
when do you have the right to say no? When is it the right thing to say no? Ultimately, what this case is about is not just this issue, but can the government force you Can the government force you to do or say something in your expression, either in speech or in creative design, that goes against something that you fundamentally believe, religiously or, say, politically? For example, uh, what if you are somebody who is – you voted for Joe Biden, let's say, and you do not believe in any way, shape, or form that the election was stolen, but somebody comes to you and they say, we want your website company – to make us a website, stopthesteal.com, and uh, it's going to be all about how the web, how the election was stolen. And you don't really believe that. It's not really your side of the argument uh, on that. Do you have to do it? Should the, should the government force you to do it, right? So not just something between you and a potential customer. And you might do it. You might, between you and the customer, you might say, oh, I got a business. I don't agree with it, but I'm going to do it. You might do that. But should the government force you to do it? That's what this case is about. That's why we need to pay attention to these things, because we're not talking about, you know, what, you know, what kind of decisions that you would have to make in commerce like that. And you have to be careful because what the this case does not say that you can discriminate against people because of their sexual orientation or other reasons, meaning that if if a gay couple were to come in and they own a restaurant and they want you to make a website for their restaurant, uh, you, I guess you can, you can always like deny people a creative process, like with anything, right? You don't, you don't have to take on business just because somebody walks into your door. Contractors do that all the time, right? Sometimes I remember getting bids for different projects at church or wherever, and you go out and get three or four bids from people. And often you get some bid that was just crazy expensive, just unbelievable amount of money. And we always thought, well, that's their way of saying we don't want to do it. Like, we, we, we will do it if you'll pay us some outrageous amount of money, but otherwise we're not going to do it. And, and sometimes they would just say no. Sometimes they say, nope, don't have time. Don't have time, don't want to do it. And you know what? That's fine. You should, you should have that. So should the government, though, for whatever particular reason, force you to do it? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. What do you think? You know, where... What is the right thing to do? And from a Christian business standpoint, you can obviously extrapolate this into all kinds of different um, ideas like the political thought. And, and I think that's the, uh, you know, from the, the national standpoint, a, a part that gets missed here is what, what – and in all of these cases that we're talking about, the best way to do it is to – if you're struggling with it is to reverse it and say, well, what if I was on the other side? You know, what would I think if the other party was in charge or if the liberals were ahead six to three on the court? You know what I'm saying? What would you actually, you know, would you think the same thing? I think that's uh, important consistently. Or let's say as a Christian, you know, what do you think a Muslim website designing company should have to do? If you came in and you said, uh, I want you to build a website that says uh, that's an anti-Islam uh, website that says uh, we believe Islam to be false, and uh, here's why. Now you you as a Christian believe that should the should a Muslim uh, website design company have to make your website that is dedicated to um, uh, saying that Islam is not a correct and true religion? You know, should they have to do that? I would say no. I, I would say that you shouldn't have to do that. And certainly I would say that the government shouldn't force them to do it. 
see what I mean, is is kind of reverse it. You know, what when you try to figure out what is consistent, and that is something that I think is a good exercise with a lot of these cases here, is to replace your side with the other side and just flip it around or try to find two different uh, two different groups of people and who has to do what. Um, but the arguments against this are to say, well, what if somebody comes in and they're a uh, uh, interracial couple? And uh, I don't know that there's that many people today, but there used to be quite a few people who thought that that wasn't okay. Should they have the right to not do the website for an interracial wedding? Uh, in our country, that's been established and settled a long time ago. And, um, you know, so you can start to see where the the slippery slope begins to go with this. Well, what if you decide that you uh, you have something against uh, an ethnic uh, group and somebody comes in and they want to do, you know, can you, can you discriminate racially on this? Now, the Supremes would say no. That's not at all what they're saying. They would say that, no, this has to do with uh, firmly held religious beliefs. People have, you know, millennia of different belief about marriage, okay? It is multiple religions, multiple societies. It is only recently that the idea of of same-sex marriage is something that has been allowable or even that people would support, recent. Uh, You know, so you can see where some people would have some issues with it, but one of the things I think that's important, once again, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Uh, if you're having trouble getting through, just go ahead and give another call, give another try, 888-528-2557. Um, one of the things to be careful, though, is there is a lot of politics around this. Um, and there is, we're living in an era where there are people trying to force people to believe things or to say things or to go against their belief. Uh, In the state of Minnesota today, the House in Minnesota passed a bill. It would have to go to the Senate in Minnesota and then be signed by the governor. Passed a bill making it a felony, a felony for you to misgender somebody. And the felony would be punishable by imprisonment or up to a $10,000 fine. Like, you could go to jail. So... If you see somebody and they're a 350-pound guy with a beard who clearly looks like a man but he's wearing a dress and wants wants you to call him ma'am and you say, excuse me, sir, you can go to prison for that. And the government is going to force you, according to that rule, to call somebody by a gender that clearly is not their gender. That is not, you know, that to force you into a philosophy, an ideology that you don't believe. Should the, you know, that, so that's where this is. There's such a, a much bigger push that is coming from government to force you into something. And to put it in another way, you know, for Christians, you know, do we have a right to force people into Christian belief? Do we have a right to uh, force people into, uh, doing something that is required by Christianity, even if they're not Christians. And by force, you know, I mean that you, that the government would somehow compel you. You know, it's an interesting thing that we have, we have a lot of prayers that happen even in, in uh, uh, city governments, county governments. I used to give the, the weekly prayer a lot for San Diego County. And uh, I didn't do it all the time, but I was the backup person, right? So if somebody didn't show up, I would come up and give kind of the invocation before the the um, the city count or the city uh, uh, the county meeting, 
And, you know, I always thought it's an interesting thing. The city would do that, too. The city was a lot more grumpy about it. The county was better. But uh, I always thought it was an interesting thing that we open these things up with a prayer. But they would invite people from different faiths and different backgrounds. I would say most of them were Christian because that's probably what you're going to find out there uh, just percentage-wise. But I think that I always thought it was an interesting thing that we're saying a prayer here in a very secular, governmental uh, place in the United States Congress, they open up with a prayer. They have chaplains. They they pray most of the time. It's a Christian prayer. That's part of the system. But I think there's something different about forcing someone to take part in that prayer. Like you, you can be respectful and be there, but you don't have to actually pray or confess Christ or you know make any statement, you know, assenting to the belief of whoever is making that prayer. You know, so one week you might have at the city council a Baptist given the prayer, and another week you're going to have a Muslim give the prayer. Another week there'll be a Mormon, another week Jehovah's Witness, another week there'll be Sikh. There'll be different people, you know. And the idea I think is bringing in the community, and it's, you know, it's it's the way government has been for a long time. But it would be different if somehow the people who are there are forced to take on that belief, or forced to do something. Let's say I'm the I'm giving the prayer. And they say, well, last time, Pastor, you did a Christian prayer. This time we would like you to do a um, a Buddhist chant, you know, or whatever. And they would force me to do that. I would have to say no, right? But by the same token, if uh, it was – if they were all Christians on the uh, county board of supervisors, let's say, should they be allowed or, you know, able to force a Buddhist person to come in and say a Christian prayer? I don't think so. There's something very interesting about the idea of of forced belief. You can't force people to believe anything. You can can force people to say things. You can force – I don't mean legally, but I mean practically speaking, you can force people to – and this happens in some countries – to deny their faith or to say they're a part of a faith when really they don't believe it, but they're going to say it because there's a threat of punishment. That's what we're getting – to do here in this country. I mean, Minnesota is passing this law that is completely anti the First Amendment. Nobody thinks this is something, uh, realistically, that'll ever make it through the court system, hopefully. But somebody must think there's some hope of it. It's, it's probably just a statement, right? We're, we're, we're putting this out there to establish our far-left credentials for our far-left voters who uh, next year will go to the polls. There's a lot of that kind of thing that happens in politics where people put forward things that they just want to say, hey, this is – they know for sure it's not going to pass. Let's say you wanted to pay off student loans. You could go out there and say, hey, I'm going to pay off all your student loans, even though you know for certain that's not going to happen. Can't imagine anybody doing that. People do that kind of thing all the time. But now I'm wondering if there are actually people who believe that maybe this is going to get through a court, that maybe we can actually make it compulsory for people to adopt an ideology that they do not believe and force them to do it. That's one of the the ideological issues when it comes to the pronouns and when it comes to uh, the idea that uh, men can have babies and, and, you know, you have to accept trans men or trans women as exactly the same as biological men and women. And to force people into believing that and to force people into acting like that. And there's an amazing conversation going on about, you know, in the dating world where trans people sometimes are upset because they, they're not treated by potential dating partners, let's say a straight dating partner, 
who discovers that you're a trans woman and now doesn't want to go out with you, and now you're some kind of bigot or something. Because you're supposed to just believe that that person is a woman. See, we cannot have forced by the government speech or belief. And I'll tell you what, as Christians, you know what? It, you can't force people to believe in Jesus. It's not real belief. If you're compelled by some outside force or by the government uh, to believe or confess Christ, you know, you it's not a real confession of faith. It's not legitimate, and you know it's not legitimate. Uh, it's a wild thing. What do you think? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Janice in Torrance, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. I just wanted to comment on the new law in Minnesota yeah. requiring you to call the person by the right name. Well, there's a problem with that. Um, I would, you know, imagine that that person is a little bit sick, and if that person was hateful and they just wanted to get even with you or just to turn you in for no reason, good luck proving your innocence in that kind of hostile environment. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, well, that's one of the issues, uh, Janice. Thank you for calling about that. That's one of the issues that people have with it, too, is that what is the test for the court? Because basically what it is is if you misgender somebody, that means that you look at them and you call them sir or ma'am, but they are trans or they're a cross-dresser or they're something, but whatever it is, they, they want you to refer to them as the other pronoun, okay? And, you know, it's hard to do that, especially when you're looking at somebody who does not at all look like the, the opposite sex from what they are. You know, there are some people who pull it off to a certain degree, but there are a lot of people who don't. I was watching this this poor woman who was, she was on uh, TikTok or Instagram, and she was in tears because nobody will refer to her as male. No one calls her sir or nobody calls her him. And, and I'm looking at this person and I'm going, well, there's nothing about you that even closely resembles a man. Like if you think you're trying, your hair, her hairstyle was not a hairstyle I see on any man. And it was blue. And I thought it actually kind of looked pretty. Not that I'm always into blue hair, but I thought, you know what? And she knows there's nothing that was masculine about this person. And I didn't think the outfit she was wearing was masculine. And she's upset that no one calls her a man. And I'm thinking, well, you don't look anything like a man. You're not even, it's not even like you're trying. Have you met men? You know, and this person was, I think, legitimately having a, a emotional breakdown about this. What I mean by legitimate is I don't think it was phony. I don't think it was a phony video. I think the person was sincere, at least from their standpoint. But I thought, you know what? Nobody is ever going to consider you a male for real. There might be people you know who, who get used to you, who recognize that you want to be called that. Um, but they're not really going to think it. And they're always you're always going to be misgendered. Nobody is going to assume you're a guy. Never. And... The Minnesota law presumably would force that. And basically the test is going to be what does the court believe? Does the court believe that you intended to do this? And there, it's basically an amendment in the, the hate speech law in uh, Minnesota. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Uh, Mrs. Evans, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, good afternoon, Pastor Scott. I just, I'm listening to you talking about this law in Minnesota, yeah. and people are expecting us to uh, pretend that we don't know anything. 
God made two genders, male and female. Yeah. And those of us who are, are being told that we need to suspend all knowledge and pretend to go along with something that we know is not true, it's unreasonable. The only word I could think of is this is ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but it's coming, right? So it's not, it hasn't passed the law, it just passed the Minnesota House. But presumably uh-huh. it's going to pass the Senate and it's going to pass, uh, and the governor would sign it, and then it's going to get into the court system where probably the courts will overturn it. It's clearly a First Amendment violation because basically you're, you're making it a felony or a crime to hurt somebody's feelings. Right, exactly. People, yeah. people hurt feelings all day, every day on many issues. So we should not single out this one issue and say you are going to become a criminal if you do not participate and along with go along with what we're asking. Yeah, or what we're saying. Well, that's the uh, and that's that's part of what I think people should be aware of. And getting back to the Supreme Court case today about the website designer, this is a case about a Christian who doesn't want to do a website uh, supporting a same-sex marriage. Um, yeah, the the government, you know, the Supreme Court found with that person and said you can't compel somebody into speech, into a, a creative statement about something they don't believe to be true. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So I, I cheered when I heard that. Yeah. All right, Mrs. Evans, thanks for calling the past. I did tell Mia, I wanted to share one other thing with you. Okay, real quick. I, I got to go to a break. Go okay, ahead. I'll say it real quick. Someone did something terrible. They stole my house. I have a ministry called One God Ministry. been functional since 1980. They stole your and house? Trusted, yes. Oh, yes. I trusted someone to help me set up a nonprofit organization, yeah. and they deceived me. Mm. So here's what happened. I literally, we took these people to court. I have an attorney. We won a judgment. And the person is hiding their assets and refusing to pay. Yeah. Now, I'm in a position of not being able to continue my life's work. And I'm just asking you, what do you think I should do? Because I don't have a social media presence. And my niece is saying I should go on social media. But I haven't done that. So you won the judgment, right? You went to court. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. So you went, and do you have an attorney? Absolutely. What's the attorney telling you to do? The attorney's upset because she's been trying to track down his assets and he's hiding his assets. She has not gotten paid. She technically worked with me because of my ministry, because I, I take in disadvantaged people and I help them. And, um, she's upset because even she didn't get paid. Yeah. We went file and everything. Okay. So, so did this happen recently or has it been a while? It's been a, I've been a minute. I've been struggling for the last couple of years and right. I'm tired of struggling. I want yeah. to do something. I can't just sit still and do nothing. I prayed about it. I talked with a pastor about it and he's like, well, I don't know what to say. I was like, we got to do something. Yeah. Well, here's, how do I know, how yeah. do I know he's not going to do this to someone else? Well, he how probably, yeah, he probably is doing it to someone else. So, That's you know, I got to, I got to go to a break. Can you just hang on through the break for me real quick? Of course I will. All right, hold on, uh, Mrs. Evans. We'll be right back. And if you've got uh, any thoughts about what she ought to do, you can call me right now, 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. You can call about anything, 888-528-2557. Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Furrow with you today, 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. All right, through the break, right before the break, we had uh, Mrs. Evans on the line with us, and uh, we had some talk about the uh, Minnesota law that is making it a felony to misgender somebody. And the Supreme Court ruled in favor of a Christian website designer today, uh, saying that you do not have to create a website that goes against your religious point of view. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. I want to get back to uh, Mrs. Evans. Uh, You still with me there? Yes, I'm still here. All right. So you were talking about how you lost your house due to uh, fraud, and you went to court and you won the judgment, but the person's hiding the assets, so you're not getting uh, uh, any recompense for all of that. That's correct. And somebody's advising you to go out on social media and tell your story. Is that what you're hearing? Yes, I I have a niece that suggested that I go on social media. And I said, I'm not interested in introducing myself to the world in such a negative light. Because all the work that we've done out of that house since 1980, I bought this house in 1980. My mom, my dad, my grandmother, and my husband was involved in the ministry. And that's all we've ever done is take people in and help them and provide their, whatever their need was. My mother said, find a need and fill it. Yeah. We would help them buy clothes for them. I did all the work, all the work that a large organization would do. We were doing right out of, a, out of my home since 1980. Yeah. So your, your lawyer, though, is, is still trying to go after and discover where this person is or wherever they keep their assets. If they even have it. I mean, they might have. Did they? Is the house? You know, who has the house now? Who, where is it? He sold it to a third party. All right, he sold it. So he might not even have the assets. He might have sold it, or he might have spent it. Well, he's a wealthy man, and the the issue is that, uh, in fact, he was introduced to me as a very wealthy man. Yeah. And we were going to to stop a board of directors, and there was this whole plan in place. Yeah. Well, here's uh, a—I think— I think that I've got, you know, just a couple of thoughts for you. You know, you're going to have to decide, you know, whether— uh, if you listen to your niece and you do something on social media or publicly, I think that you're wise in realizing that that could bring a lot of attention to yourself. You know, so mm-hmm. you have to decide if that's worth it. In in today's world, you know, your story is pretty compelling. There might be people out there who can really help. I mean, there's been people who have put their story out there and they get tremendous help um, from people who pay attention. But there's also people who put their story out there and they get so much attention that it's not worth the pain and difficulty that it can cause. But I, I wouldn't do anything without going through an attorney on this because the worst part is, is you could accidentally, uh, defame this person, not even meaning to, and then they sue you for whatever else you have. Well, that certainly wouldn't be my intentions to defame him because that's what happened. I know, I know, but we we live in a world that's uh, upside down on some of this. Where right now, uh, people who people who do bad things, uh, they sometimes turn around. You know, it's like if somebody breaks into your house and uh, you smack them with a pan, and they fall down and break their leg or something. You might be in trouble for breaking their leg. I mean, there's just weird weird things that can happen. So that's why you should not do anything without consulting an attorney. But on the other hand, your niece might have uh, an idea for you that could work. So my niece knows that I'm miserable, not doing community service. She knows that I'm miserable, not assisting. Yeah. Help people. That's all I know. That's what what I've done with my life. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad. And you can keep doing that. The other thing is you can just leave it behind and put it in God's hands because justice will be done by Jesus eventually. Oh, I do know that. Yeah. That's what kept me sane. That is exactly how I've maintained my sanity is because I know yeah. the words 
the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yeah. Everything on this earth belongs to God. Right. All right, Mrs. Yeah. And this person did something terrible. Yeah, I'm really well, sorry I'm that happened to you. I hope that it works out. Mrs. Evans, I got to go on to some other callers, but God bless you in that. Talk to your attorney and, uh, you know, pray through it with uh, your niece and her idea. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. This is the Pastor Scott Show Open Line Friday. <laughs> 888-528-2557. Uh, Miss Harris, Minnesota Law. We're being very formal today on the Pastor Scott Show. Hello, Pastor Scott. Um, I called. I, I've been listening to your show. Yeah. And I've informed about a lot of things that are going on that a lot of people were not aware of totally. Now, regarding this Minnesota uh, law, uh, you know what occurred to me? Who is bringing up these laws how are they developed? And it's like, you know, a, a big thing is being made of these uh, isolated cases. I've had uh, instances where I was at the library, and uh, a man called, came in. He was a man, just rushed into the cubicle in crisis. So we knew he was in the wrong restroom because it was women on the door. So we went out and got the security. They came in, got him, and took him out. So he had, uh, we told, uh, the, the security said to him, Mr., you don't belong in the women's room. He pulled out a card, and they looked at it, and then they told him he did not belong in the women's room. Now, I heard you say something about uh, the uh, example of the person was overweight and whatever. Now, what it, it appears to me is that our rights and uh, are being taken away for little isolated instances and they're being made a big to-do, and then someone makes gets it to uh, the, the uh, floor or somehow mm-hmm. they, dwindle, they dwindle it down, make it applicable for this wrong that is being done without taking in the whole population of the country. Well, what we do you, what, you know, the thing is, is you're right, it's not a lot of incidents, but the incidents are creating legal issues that are going to affect us all, like this uh, potentially Minnesota law. And the Supreme Court cases, you know, what what if the Supreme Court decides that you do have to uh, create a cake or create a, uh, you know, website or do something artistically that goes against your religious or other point of view, you know, for something, uh, say, politically? Uh, well, you should, be, you should be able to report that the uh, Supreme Court go against them. They should not have the last word about your religion and perhaps look at this. Maybe some of them don't have religion or don't think of it at the same way, uh, like what are we going to do? Or they go right for this person or whatever, or they want a yeah. vote. Yeah. Or maybe there's money that has to do with it. You'd be surprised. It's a lot about money, and it's a lot about other agendas that isn't really about trans people or any of that. It is about a, another agenda from a lot of people. Mrs. Harris, thanks for calling uh, Pastor Scott's show. You know, one of the things is that you know, people, she asks, you know, you know, where does this come from? You know, there is work that gets done to sort of uh, whip people up into supporting different things, but sometimes there's an underlying agenda. And I do believe that there is a far-left agenda that has to do with undoing the system. And, and most people say so, okay? There are many people who are very open about uh, being Marxist and the pattern of causing disruption in families and disruption in the society. And to do that, it turns everybody against each other. And that's how you change a nation uh, in the wrong direction. What's crazy to me is that any look at history says, 
you know, the the ideals of pushing towards some utopia where everybody can just do whatever they want and everybody's happy and everybody tolerates each other, that never works. It always, always turns in to a totalitarian, miserable system. And uh, it's, it is, and the response to that is always, well, the wrong people did it. You know, well, they tried it in Chile. It worked for two years and then that went upside down. Well, the wrong people did it. Well, they tried it in Venezuela. It worked for three months and then it turned out, well, the wrong people are doing it. Well, they tried it in the Soviet Union. Well, yeah, it lasted 70 years and it imploded. Uh, well, they tried it, you know, the Nazis tried it. Yeah, well, they have started a world war and a terrible philosophy in general and uh, and murdered millions of people and, and especially uh, Jewish people. And, uh, well, it was the wrong idea. You know, and, and we just make excuses for a ideology and a belief that does not take into consideration human character and who we really are. The reason that, you know, communism ultimately doesn't work and the reason that the Marxism doesn't work is because, number one, it uh, Marxism relies on the breakdown of the family that says the state needs to be your family. And it has the idea that mothers and fathers shouldn't be raising kids. The state should be doing that and that it's the family that is the the traditional family that is creating uh, the disparity of wealth, and there's a whole lot of stuff that you can read about, and that's crazy because the what we know, for example, fatherlessness is such a huge deal. We know that an intact family that is healthy, that you have a much better chance of upward mobility wherever you are in the economic system. We know that to be true, but uh, there are people who want to say, oh, no, the wrong people have tried it. See, and it also misjudges the ability of human beings to sin and human beings to take power. That's a, I'll tell you what, that's another scary thing that's going on here with the idea that we should just leave things up to the experts, right? That we should just, uh, that what really ought to happen is we can solve the affirmative action issue if we just leave it up to the experts. You know, how right are the experts long-term? And what group of people gets to be called the experts at the end of the day? See, what always happens is a tiny group of people gets to have all the money and all the power, and everybody else suffers, especially the people who put those people in power. They suffer. Just ask anybody who's done any history of China and what the Chinese Revolution was about. Same thing. We're going to undo the family. We're going to undo traditional values, and this is going to be great for everybody. And in the meantime, we're going to kill 20 million people who murder them, who disagree with us, and then essentially enslave everybody else. And a few people who are party leaders get to uh, run the world. I got to take a break. It's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. Lots of things happening at the Supreme Court and other things. When we come back, in fact, I'll read part of uh, Justice Gorsuch's uh, decision. And something that's interesting that's happened with uh, some of these cases is the justices have been uh, rather hostile toward each other in their uh, disagreements on these cases. I'll read you an example of that and why it's, tell you why it's important. As the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues, stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, Open Line Friday. 
888-528-2557. We'll talk about anything you'd like to talk about. If you've got a Bible question, if you have a comment on something on the news, or maybe you didn't get through earlier in the week on some subject, you can bring it up. Today, we are right now, we're talking about the Supreme Court decisions. 303 Creative Decision is a decision that allowed um, Christian website designer to uh, not actually have to make a website that goes against her religion, in this case on same-sex marriage. Lots of controversy about it, but it's an interesting thing when we started talking about why some of these things are happening. In the dissent that is written by Justice Sotomayor, she makes claims about the case that are actually false. And some people are saying that, and it's kind of bizarre. And Justice Gorsuch wrote about this in his opinion. He said this, he said, in some places, the dissent gets so turned around about the facts that it opens fire on its own position. For example, while stressing that a Colorado company cannot refuse the full and equal enjoyment of its services based on a customer's protected status, the dissent assures us that a company selling creative services to the public does have a right to decide what messages to include or not to include. But if that's true, what are we even debating? It's a The interesting thing about the dissent is it it makes a comment that is important here. The Supreme Court and the argument is about speech, about creative speech, right? So it is about, do I need to use my talents and skills to do something with it to promote something that goes against my religion or something that I think is immoral, right? And, and somewhere there's a line for that, right? I mean, how far do you need to go? Do I need to make uh, a pornographic website if I'm hired to do that? Like, do I have to do that? Do, or am I discriminating against somebody if I decide to do that, right? That's so, uh, you know, where do you draw that line? Um, but what's interesting here is that she also goes around saying that this is a, something that is discriminating against LGBTQ people, meaning that the website designer is saying, I'm not going to serve people who are part of the LGBTQ uh whatever the letters are, LGB, there's a bunch of more letters. There's even a number in there now and a plus saying that I don't have to, that, that she's saying, I'm not going to serve these people. And then the argument gets made, well, what if you decide you want to serve black people or you don't want to serve Jewish people or you don't want to serve, you know, one group or another, or can somebody say, I'm not going to serve uh, Christians, but that's not what the case is about at all. And Gorsuch is saying you are deliberately, and you're gonna, we're going to see this again next hour, there is a deliberate attempt to say the case is about something that it's not. Because this same website designer would be forced to do a website for a business that was owned by a gay person, for example. They, you know, if it's just a restaurant, if you're going to do the menus and like a typical, you know, you wouldn't be forced to do it if you wanted to say no. That's a whole other question. But you couldn't discriminate because they're gay. You couldn't say oh, uh, you're gay and I don't agree with that, so I'm not going to do your website. Uh, you, you can't do that. But you can say, but I'm not going to promote um, marriage in a way that I don't believe is right scripturally. That's what the court is saying. See, it's about belief. You know, you don't have to do something that goes against your belief. And there's, you know, somewhere there's a line where that has to get, um, um, you know, where it gets crossed there. But the dissent is basically saying this opens the door to all kinds of discrimination. And Gorsuch is making it clear, clearly that's not what this is. All right, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Let me get to your calls here. Uh, 
Lenore in Commerce. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Well, thank you, and God bless you all. God thank bless you. you. I thank the Lord because tomorrow I'm going to turn 75, and the Lord has given me 75 years. And I just want to give him all the honor and the glory. Oh, 75 years. I'm, I'm going to play a fan for fanfare for you. You ready? 75. Happy birthday, Lenore. Good job. Thank you so much, and God bless you. And, you know, you keep on, you, you keep on saying what you got to say, you know, everything that is going wrong in this world. You just kept, you just keep, you know, saying what's wrong and what is not in God's, you know, it's not of God. Yeah. So this well, and we want to be clear about it, and we want to make sure that if there's something we can do, that we do it. Um, but also, you know, we want to make sure that we are following the Lord. The Lord did not tell us that everything is going to be uh, hunky-dory for all the uh, believers. He said, people are going to hate you because of me. That uh, is so true. Yeah. We just got to keep the faith and keep praying to God and praying for everybody. That's you right. Know, there's nothing impossible for the Lord. And he can change a heart, just like he changed me, you know, when, you know, I gave my heart to the Lord, and I was I was crazy in my youth. <laughs> but I When did you give that. your heart to the Lord? How old were you? I was, let's see, uh, what was it? I was about 29. Oh, okay. 29. I seen the light, and the the Lord was shining it on me, telling me, "I want you, I want you," and I gave my heart to Him. All right, you well, know, yeah, you know, you just gotta keep praying and praying for everybody because there's nothing impossible. The world we live in, you know, uh, it's not beautiful, but you know, we are God's children, and we need to pray for everybody. We do, you know, especially we do. With, with our salvation. Yeah, He wants us to be. The servants to you know to go out and you know to to talk to people. Yeah, and I really appreciate your program because you know you're getting down to the teeth. Well, thank you, you. Know, so thank you, Lenore, and, and everybody uh, out there have, have a happy Fourth of July and a safe one. All right, thank you, Lenore, and happy birthday to you. I hope you have a great day tomorrow. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Richard in L.A. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yes, hello. Hi, Richard. I had a Bible question about free will. Okay. Uh, I was something that came up. I was just speaking to my pastor on the phone, and and just very complex questions. I'm sure you can only give a summarized version. As from my understanding, you are a Baptist, and many of the on the Christian radio are Baptists. And well, I've been a Baptist pastor for 25 years. I send my kids to a, uh, they've been in Lutheran schools and other schools, and I went, you know, I've been around. So okay. what's your so question? I just Richard? wanted to see your perspective on, let's see. So basically in the conversation, I, I go to a Pentecostal church. It's a Bible-believing in the Trinity, and and the teaching is supposed to be based on the the Apostles' Doctrine, what Jesus taught the disciples, and then... And I guess we're basically talking about free will, okay, and about and about hell, about who goes there and, and how long is it, and those kind of things. Yeah. And basically, the conversation was that yes, of course, there's a real heaven hell, but that the let's see, the Baptist is that the common belief is that God. He will only draw 
the elect to him okay. and that everybody automatically he already like predetermined that they're going to go to hell rather than we have free choice. Okay. And, and, and my understanding is that we have free choice that God doesn't want anybody to perish, but yes, we have free choice. But if you can clarify, do Baptists believe that you don't have choice? The only people who become Christian is because God decided in advance I'm saved. You're saved. Yeah. I know Everybody what you're getting at. I'm, I'm almost out of time, so I want to give you yeah, be able to give you an answer here. Question is, do we have free will, and does God predetermine? Yeah. All right. I only have like a, a, a minute and a half, so let me give you my answer here, okay? So hang on there, Richard. You know, the, the issue of free will and the issue about, uh, you know, what did God know and when did he know it, Calvinism, all of those things, it's uh, not something I'm going to be able to answer here in a couple of minutes. But let me give you this. And the Baptists, by the way, believe you – know, you'll find a Baptist who believes in all all the different positions. Some Baptists believes in whatever. Uh, here's the deal. The Scriptures have some passages in it that people will debate about the foreknowledge of God in Ephesians and that, uh, you know, everything that God knew is foreknowledge. You know, Romans 9, 10, 11, you know, you got to read those passages and you've got to understand that they mean what they say, right? Uh, you can't ignore them. And at the same time, you also have to take a look at the Scriptures that say Jesus died for the world, that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. And you you have to – what I always tell people is regardless of what you – where you come down on this issue, number one thing is you have to go back to Scripture and respect the fact that it's in Scripture. And the second thing that I'll tell people is maybe God doesn't want us to fully understand that issue. Maybe he wants us just to be in awe about how incredible and powerful he is and to trust him that he is sovereign over this world, that whatever, however far sovereignty extends, God is sovereign. And certainly you want God to be sovereign. You don't want God to not be sovereign. You know, you don't want God to not be in control, right? So there's, there is a lot of room there. But the last thing is, you know, we're not called to plant our flag in that issue one way or the other. Ultimately, we're called to follow Christ, to trust in him and to make disciples and let God deal with that. You know, so wherever you fall on that issue, you know, we're called to obey Christ wherever you fall on that issue. We're called to make disciples of Jesus Christ wherever it is that you fall on the free will issue. We are called to repent wherever it is you fall on there. And whatever God has done with election or other stuff, it's completely out of our control. All we can do is trust him that he is fair, that he is righteous, and that however things work in time and space and and the glory of God, just be in awe of that and live for Jesus and love people in the name of Christ. All right. Uh, I got to go to a break. Thank you, Richard, for your call. And uh, I see your other calls. We'll be back as Open Line Friday continues. We'll talk about student loans when the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.